I mean, these are the things that I think about. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. I want more music. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to It's So Real with your girl Rocky. And your boy O who loves music. <laughs> I realized when I was listening to that song that... um the, we were about to get uh, copyrighted and uh, somebody about to take it off. <laughs> you know, or that. Um, but <laughs> also, like the chorus that we're used to didn't come into like much later. And I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to play a little short piece. So <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it back later when I actually talk about me coming out. But thank you so much for joining It's So Real today. Yes. It's a beautiful day mm-hmm. in the month of June, which is Pride Month. All right. So this year uh, we did a Pride Month episode last year, and that one's called LGBTQ Pride and Ally. So check that one out. I posted it on our Facebook um, just to, I guess, show you where we were this time this last year, mm-hmm. um, and specifically where I was this time last year, um, <clears throat> because I was still questioning last year. I was still questioning my sexuality, and this year, in this month of June, I am out and I am proud. So I wanted to share with you all what my journey was and my coming out journey. And I'm always an advocate for sharing my story because I don't know how many other people can relate to my story. And for me, finding people that have gone through the same thing gives me permission to do whatever, continue on the path or have hope or anything like that. So I'm always an advocate for sharing my story in the hope of inspiring others. Thank you. So, um, so yes, this month of June, I have fully embraced my sexuality. I'm confident in who I am and I have not one bit of denial or shame or guilt or anything. And through this month, I've been looking back on last year, my growing pains of last year, specifically with my sexuality. And I wanted to share those reflections with you all. Mm. Now, first and foremost, I want to point out that we in the queer community and the trans community are born this way. This is not a choice. And some people in the queer and trans community, well, maybe not trans, but queer communities say it's a choice. No, the choice is embracing who you are at full capacity. That's what choice we have. God, I see the difference, but break it down. We can either choose to be who we are or choose to let society define us. That's the only choices that we have. Because please understand, if you are 100% straight, there's no form of media representation, no form of uh, seeing a gay couple in front of you, nothing that could make you stray from that 100% heterosexuality, okay? (laughs) 
But what happens is, and I just read an article about this, mm-hmm. actually the biggest population within the queer community is the bisexual community. Mm-hmm. And it's because that is an infinite spectrum. You could be leaning more towards homosexuality, you can be leaning more towards heterosexuality, or you could be right down the middle. But that is a, lar- a very large spectrum right. that most people fall under. So if you were exposed to something or you were curious and you decided to explore, it was already there, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just levels to it, right? Yeah. Pretty much. So, we are born this way. It is not a choice. The only choice is embracing who we are. Okay. And that being said, I've been a gay rights advocate for all of my life. Hmm. And that's because I'm a black woman. I already know what discrimination feels like. Why the hell would I inflict that on somebody else? Mm-hmm. It makes no logical sense. I literally know what it feels like. So why would I put down somebody else? I don't need to put down somebody else in order to make myself feel better. Do you? Good question. I mean, so that being said, I've always been a gay rights advocate. And when I was um, growing up, I had a lot of male friends who actually came out to me as being as identifying as gay Hmm. um and i had lesbian friends i had bisexual friends so little to my knowledge then like i didn't identify the queer community then i don't Hmm. it wasn't a large community but i was in it like i was i had people in it so like indirectly you were part of the community without even officially knowing your own yes sexual identity like, or oh, I I identified as straight. Right. Okay. Back then, I identified as straight back then. Wow. Um, but even back then, it was like there was something that connected you unconsciously, maybe. Maybe unconsciously, it wasn't conscious. I was just like, "You cool peeps." Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. The journey. The journey. Mm-hmm. So, like, after all the ye- all, all those years of um, kind of not acknowledging or exploring that part of you what what made that next step to you actually exploring it what was the thing that sparked that so (laughs) um you all know sex dreams (laughs) oh i do i definitely do so throughout (laughs) the years I've had, and again, this should have been a sign, but mm, I've on. had. I think I know where we're going. You know, <laughs> I've had sex dreams about women, about me with women. Mm, okay. And they were random, and you know, far and few between. So it's just, just random dreams at random times. But I guess it was my twenty fifth year, my twenty fifth year of um, my birthday year. I started having a lot of sex dreams about women back to back to back. Mm. And it's never happened that way before. So I was like, what the hell is going on? Am I this horny? And I wasn't because I was having sex with a man at the time. So Mm. it wasn't that I was not satisfied. It was very much so, but I kept having sex dreams about women. So then I was like, now mind you, um, in college, and um, with one of my uh, sexual partners afterwards, we've talked about threesomes. And little to my knowledge, that would be that would give me permission to explore my sexuality in a safer environment with mm. a guy that I trusted. 
Um, but it never happened. And I, and I remember telling my ex and I was like, I don't want to see her. I don't want to talk to her afterwards. Like, I don't want to remember this and I have to be on drugs to experience this. Damn. Like I was really, I I was really disconnected from the experience, but I wanted to have the experience. That is so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, like I, that never happened. Also, you know why it never happened? Because I was in broadcast journalism and minoring in psych mm-hmm. and in English. And I said, the women that um, uh, the guy my ex chooses can't be in any of those departments because I don't want to see him again. Like and it's like, <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of the fine women in those departments. So that didn't yeah. happen. But anyways, um, so yeah, so I started having back-to-back dreams. And I was like, all right, so it's not horny. Maybe it's the fact that I never got to experience this threesome and therefore experience that aspect of um, my sexuality. And through a very high moment, actually. Mm. Here we go. It was a very high moment. I don't know what we were on. And it was with O. And... I was like, <laughs> I want to tell you something, but I don't want to tell you. Do you remember that? I'm starting to remember. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I have to do this for uh, storytelling purposes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I was, I was scared because it's like I felt safe with O. Like I felt that I could tell him this, but I didn't know... <laughs> I didn't know how he was going to respond. Now, mind you, we've had plenty of conversations about sexuality Mm -hmm. and the LGBTQ community and stuff like this. And this was before we did um, last year's episode. So this was like January of last year. And um, yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, January of last year. And I felt safe with him. And I was like, I really want to tell him this thing because I wanted to explore it. But yeah, I didn't know what his reaction was going to be. I didn't know what that was going to change for my life. Like it was, it was scary for me. Um, so I said that I may be attracted to women and I cried. Mm-hmm. I was bawling. It was a very vulnerable time, but you definitely supported me in that and accepted me. Yeah. Um, and I needed that for sure. And it, and it was interesting because I couldn't ask myself if I was attracted to women before I said it to him. Mm. Before I was like, could I be attracted to women with you? That was the first time I had ever asked the question. Damn. Like, I didn't even... And that's why for 26 years, I still identified as straight because I never even gave myself permission to ask, was I attracted to women? Okay. So this goes, launches me into my questioning phase. And um, questioning, I don't have the, the, um, uh, the uh, acronym for it. Yeah. It's, it's, if you look up one of the LGBTQIAP I mean, acronyms. We do it. I mean, that's why we're not on live. Like, we can take a little pause and, and come back. No, time. because that's extra editing. But, um, yeah, you're right, you're right. exactly. <laughs> um, so, questioning is 
you're asking yourself, could you, is this something that you are? Is this something that you're interested in? Um, and you really have to figure it out, you know? So my first question was, am I attracted to women? And then it was like, how do I know that I am attracted to women? Do I need to have sex with a woman? Do I need to be in a relationship with a woman? Do I just need to date a woman? Um, like, how am I going to know that? Yes, I am attracted to women, right? Um, so I launched into research. I was looking up YouTube videos. I was looking up articles. I was really trying to get, I was joining different Facebook groups. I was really trying to get multiple perspectives of different people going through the same process to help me figure out who I was and where I was in my journey. Right. I also went to therapy at that time. It's okay. It's, it's, I'm trying. Yeah, it's okay. I was trying to look it up. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I went to therapy at the time. Now I was processing other stuff in therapy, but one of my things that I wanted to process in therapy was also my sexuality, exploring that. So I had a lot of outlets and I had O through the entire time um, helping me and just giving me support and encouragement. Know that. Um, know that. Thank you for that, for get, sure. Get yourself one, somebody to hold you down. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so I had a lot of, uh, I, I, I titled last year Growing Pains because while mm. the first half of the year, that January to maybe June, it was a lot of pain. Because mind you, oh, that goes into our next bit. I'll, I'll come back to that. But um, um. Yeah, it was a lot of research, a lot of trying to learn about myself in different avenues. So then it was for Oakland's Pride um, in September. Was it? Or was it sooner than that? Sometime in the summer. No, it wasn't because I went with somebody else. So sometime in the summer, there was a queer day party. Okay. A queer people of color day party in Oakland. Now, mind you, I was dealing with issues about being alone and just meeting people in general. Mm -hmm. So there's no way in hell that I could have went to that thing alone. So, oh, generously went with me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, which was a very interesting dynamic that he will tell you about later. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I went to this queer day party yeah. where everybody is supposed to be queer. If you're not queer, you're an ally. But for the main part, you're queer. Basically, yeah, basically. Exactly. I, I don't think there's any allies there for real. Like, I find he was one. an ally. I was like the only one. Everybody <laughs> but, else was um, like in the family. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I went. And my goal was just to make eye contact and smile. But it was after that day party that I realized, yes, I am definitely attracted to women. For sure. It, it reconfirmed that I was attracted to women. Yes. Um, now, mind you, my attraction to men did not leave. Mm. It was an and also. <laughs> okay? I'm attracted yes. to men and please. also I'm go. attracted yes, to women. Please break that down. Okay? So I feel like you're probably going to talk about it a little bit more. But I think because of the whole stigma. Uh, I was, I was going to talk about that a little later. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's so... Yeah, you need to break it down for me. I'm going to break that down a little bit later. <laughs> but um, so another thing in my research, uh, I found an article called uh, Coming Out as Gay, Six Stages for Understanding the Emotional Process. And it's by Dr. Christina Villarreal. Valerio? Sorry for mispronouncing your name. 
And I found it um, very helpful for me. So stage one in the coming out stages is identity confusion. Okay. Um, it's the who am I is the major question in this step. People in this stage of the coming out process start to notice their attraction to same-sex people and really question what it means. Am I gay? Am I lesbian? Am I transgendered? Am I bisexual? Within the stage, there may be a denial of inner feelings as a person continues to see themselves as a member of the mainstream heterosexual population. Some may consider their behaviors as just experimenting. Some people in this stage might keep emotional involvement separate from their sexual activity. Others may choose to have deeply emotional relationships that are non-sexual. So I was definitely in that identity confusion before the queer day party. Okay. Um, after the queer day party where I was like, yes, I'm attracted to women. So it was confirmed. It was confirmed. So then we started going into stage two, identity comparison. At this stage, a person may try to find an explanation for why they are having the feelings they are experiencing. Maybe I'm gay or maybe I'm bisexual. Mm -hmm. Um, people wonder if this is a phase at that point. I wasn't wondering if it's like, I'm a grown ass woman, (laughs) like you know, like I'm not going through any kind of midlife crisis or anything, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just more and more getting to know who I am. So I never thought that. Um, so that one kind of, could you see like, um, like at what age just like to try to get that perspective of somebody who's might maybe in the audience. People say teenagers. Say teenagers. Yeah. Because there's, that? there is a, teenagers in college. That's where there's a lot of experimenting, especially with women. Mm-hmm. It is also more acceptable for women to experiment, um, with same sex. Um, mm-hmm. and that's where people are more that likely to true. call it a phase. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, at this time I'm 26. I'm no, gotcha. <laughs> no okay. not for me. Um, stage Thanks. three is identity tolerance. In this stage, a person might begin to accept identifying as gay, lesbian, transgender, or bisexual. So this is where I was coming into after the day party. Um, Some might come to terms with sex parts of being, some parts, sex parts, some parts of being gay but not fully embrace it. One might accept participating in sexual activity with women and consider it okay but not be may not be ready to identify as lesbian or bisexual, for example, in public, thus leading a double life. Or man may come to accept that he has fallen in love with another man, but considers this an isolated situation. At this stage, it is common for people to seek out gay, lesbian, bisexual community or social group as a way to explore or experience identifying with other people of the same sexual orientation as a means for support. So this is where I really started researching. Researching. Because I was like, I need community. Like, I need... I've accepted... Like I'm, I'm, I de- well, not accepted. I identified who I was. Yes, this is me. Um, now I need community and support. Oh, was great, but I needed people in the community. <laughs> so I get it exactly. <laughs> so um, I really launched into Facebook groups at that point, and um, with the help of Ray, she actually sent me. She was someone I met in Oakland. She since moved to Atlanta, I think. Oh she yeah, and she's from Jersey. Mm-hmm. My people. Um. But yeah, so uh, she gave me some resources as far as Facebook groups, and I was really starting to build community that way. I was able to ask my questions that I had, ask what other people's experiences were with their coming out journey. Um, 
And it was really, it was really phenomenal for me as far as getting that online community. And then at the same time, I started building my community in Oakland. Um, thankful to my queer colleagues that I work with. They were definitely able mm. to provide me with that support and that elder mentorship. Um, I definitely needed that. And then I also started um, just making friends. Um, and a lot of my friends were queer. <laughs> so that just yeah. happened. Um, Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, that's just what happened. Um, some of them are straight, but some a lot of them are queer. So I started building community that way. Um, so let me see. What's next? Okay, so go into the next question. So going back to like the steps, mm-hmm. what, what do you think took you so long to get through those steps? Or was there like a different process for you? Why was it such a long journey? Like you, did, like you said, you weren't at the mm-hmm. teenage stage mm-hmm. where some of those steps were there. Yeah. So why did it take until 26? Yeah. And that was fascinating. Because especially when I was doing my research, all these motherfuckers were finding out or realizing when they were young. And I'm like, what the hell happened to me? Why didn't I realize this shit? Mm -hmm. So, one, my mom is homophobic based Mm -hmm. on her Christian beliefs. Um, I have always gotten the... God made Adam and Eve, not Adam Adam and Steve. Steve. That shit's so corny. I know. (laughs) I've always gotten that. Now, mind you, I've been a gay rights advocate since I was able and to be an advocate. Hmm? Sorry, that's like I'm just. That's not a defense. Oh yeah, my dad <laughs> thought I was gay because I was a gay rights advocate, and I was like, "The fuck, no! I just don't appreciate discrimination anywhere." Like, <laughs> you know. And I was all about if you're being discriminated against, I'm gonna stand up for you. So like Hispanics, Muslims, I was all about it. <laughs> But without identifying within that that community or culture. Right, because you don't need to. Exactly. You could be an ally. Thank you. Just because it's what's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to touch on the Christianity piece, mm. it is not a sin to be who I am. It is yeah, not wrong because... to be who I am. Because in your view, God made me who I am. Now, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in your God. So I'm trying to help you all out. Because the <laughs> Bible doesn't mean anything <laughs> to me. Yeah, exactly. Man wrote the Bible. Bible means nothing to me. So, but I'm trying to help you all out. God made all of us, right? Mm-hmm. And if this is who I am, because this is how I was born, whether I knew it or not, this is how I was born. And I will come back to where the signs were, because there were signs. I just was <laughs> oblivious. But anyways... So nothing is wrong with me. I am not sinning because I'm not doing anything that's hurting anybody. That's it. Yeah. Go ahead. Exactly. (laughs) And then just just touching on the piece, they always want to go back to reproduction. And even if you're not Christian, because these hoteps, which I'm just ashamed that we've taken that word. Hotep means peace. And now it means you patriarchal, misogynistic ass black man who's all about Egyptian theology and putting women down. And putting um, the gay and queer community down. Like, ugh. Fought on people. Humans do not only have sex for reproduction. We are not the only species who has sex for pleasure. Um. (laughs) How many times 
during our sexual intercourse, do we have sex for pleasure? So I don't know why all of a sudden you want to be like, oh, there's no reproduction. (laughs) I don't. You're just making up arguments because you don't like it. You see what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. It's like, you already made up your idea, like, your mind, like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And now you're just throwing out any arguments to fit that. Exactly. Because it makes really, no sense. Yeah, because if you really thought about it, it's like... Scientifically. So, are you against older couples being together? Because they can't reproduce. Exactly. That just busts your bubble right there. It doesn't make any sense. So, again, like, just be honest. Take a step back. If mm-hmm. you are really feeling that way, mm-hmm. challenge your shit. Eat that, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and then look at yourself. Reflect. Ooh, also check out our episodes, um, hypermasculinity and homophobia. I think there's two parts mm. to that. Um, we definitely dove deeper into homophobia and where people's issues are. But um, but also for the couples who are reproducing, don't talk to me until every single child is out of the foster care system. Right. Because your heterosexual heterosexual couples are reproducing and some of them don't deserve to be parents. Whether the children were taken from them, given up, or... No adoption or otherwise, you know. Or um, the kids are still with them. Some people do not deserve to be parents just because they have the ability to be. Mm-hmm. All right? So don't come to me with that bullshit. Oh my God, the population will decline. Actually, if we're looking at the balance of all species on the planet, a declining human population wouldn't be so bad. Naturally, ain't nobody shooting nobody unless we drop a nuke, cause you know, America. Mm. But anyways, that's a different topic entirely. Oh God, hopefully not. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so. So yeah, you were saying. Yes. Um. So just check your bullshit. All of that is emotional. There's no logical point to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And please feel free to comment or DM us or whatever and and point out where you think you are logical. Because again, even though it is not a part of biological reproduction within the human species, that's not why same-sex couples are having sex. Okay? <laughs> for pleasure and we're not the only species who has sex for pleasure thank you oh Oh, wait a minute i don't think i answered the question totally which question uh why did it take me so long to figure it out well yeah you were in the process of it i I got distracted no i was going towards the next topic my bad oh let's let's clip that move it around but um Um, so yeah, my mom was homophobic, so I had a lot of denial and shame that I was unaware of. It was okay to me, it was okay for me to be a gay rights advocate, it was not okay for me to be within that community, because now Mm. I'm that person in the house that my mom has to interact with. I'm bringing partner homes, partners home that, um, my mom now has to interact with. So it was a lot deeper I guess than I was willing to go before and that's where a lot of the pain came from and yeah so I was, I was dealing with all that it wasn't safe for me while I was growing up 
And it's not safe for a lot of people to come out to their parents, mm. you know? Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't safe for me because I knew my mom's views about homosexuality. So, um, also, I went to a white school from fifth grade to graduation of high school. Mm. So, I'm not attracted to white people, largely. So... Wasn't nobody around to burst my interest. Even though, again, had lesbian friends, had bisexual friends, they were not attracted to me because I like women of color. So, yeah. That's interesting, too. Also, there was no representation. I'm going to go through the signs a little bit later. Um, But, yeah, there wasn't any representation to show me what was possible. To show a black, queer, um, feminine bisexual woman so yeah but all right let's take that break now all right we'll be back in a little bit okay don't you go anywhere (laughs) um do you want to pause the video so um all right so yeah uh we're gonna take a quick break probably like two or three minutes um and allow our, our sponsors to have a little bit of a yeah no we don't have multiple sponsors i know i know i wish we did but we're one day Yes, we're actually going to start doing this as a regular process in the podcast just to check on things to make sure that uh, everything's going smoothly because we've had issues in the past. So we're just going to take a quick break at the halfway mark, which is right about now. And we'll be back with the uh, second part of the podcast, which is full with a lot more juicy stuff (laughs) Uh, because Rocky's got a story to tell today. All right. So now... I've identified that I'm attracted to women and men. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to unpack all of the the shame and the denial from growing up with a homophobic parent. And I one of the groups that I joined, the um it's called I wanna look it up so other people can join it too. Yeah, it Ooh, is really. called Beautiful black and poly LGBT women. Okay. So I joined that group and noticed the poly piece. So as I'm using this group to be around other black queer women, there's also the poly aspect of it. So now, mind you, I've been exposed to polyamory when I first came to Oakland. Um, A few of my clients were in the polyamory community, so I had that exposure that way. But this is my first time really getting an understanding of the perspective that people had within that community, how they would talk about their experiences and the relationships or just conceptualizing polyamory or poly versus monogamy and just really those conversations and, and hearing about people's experiences. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounds, that sound right. Like that feels like it would be right for me, you know? So then it was like, hmm, could this be a thing? And I was dating multiple people at the same time, and I realized that I do naturally have the capacity mm-hmm. to have at least two, not necessarily more than, like primary relationships at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just naturally have that much energy. Now, it may depend on what's going on in my life. Um, at the time, I was doing it and I still had a lot going on, but like when I have kids, they're obviously going to take more of my energy. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely going to depend and and fluctuate. 
But I do have the capacity to have some sort of multiple dynamic going on with my romantic relationships. Um, so this is where I wrote a poem. And this was my first time writing in a year at this point. And, and it was because of all the growing pains that I was going through. Like it was really putting me in a bad space and, and I was crying a lot and it was just really unpacking a lot. And mind you, I was also in therapy doing that work as well. Um, so with this poem, not only was I, cause the first thing that I was able to say verbally out of my mouth was I'm attracted to women and men, but I couldn't say that I'm bi or I'm bisexual yet. Like it was, I, I hmm. couldn't form the words to come out of my mouth. So you knew like I knew the definition yes, of basically of bisexual is to be attracted right. to men and women. But, <laughs> but I couldn't say, say that you were. Yeah. That's how much wow. of that that denial and shame was in me. Like that's I kinda I, crazy. Yeah, I couldn't say that. And and then the third step was saying I'm queer. I really couldn't say that. Hmm. So this poem gave me and it was when I was writing that poem, it was a process because I have mirrors right here on my closet door. So I was sitting in this, this is my reading corner, my writing corner, right? And I was writing this poem for the first time writing in a year, writing about um, my sexuality and my romantic orientation and, or relationship orientation. And this was the first time I'm saying it. And I'll read the poem to you in a sec. And I was just crying. I was bawling as I was writing this. And at the end of it, I turned in the mirror and I looked at myself and I said, I am so proud of you talking to me. I'm so proud of you and all that you've gone through to get to this moment. And with that, I'm going to read my poem. Now, this poem will be available in my second book that I'm working on. I'm almost finished. I just need to get my first book out this year. <laughs> um, and then I'll start working on getting my second book out. So this is in the chapter called Acceptance. So this would be going into the next stage of coming out, which is Acceptance. It's called bye. Bye to the person who I thought I was. Bye to the box society called love. Bye to the shame, judgment, and guilt. Bye to the shackles I once felt. Bye to the idea of what a relationship entails. Bye to the ambivalence that has often prevailed. Bye to the confusion, blame, and tears. Bye to the thought of wasted years. Hello to a new tomorrow. Hello to a new today. Hello to embracing connections. Hello to a freer way. Hello to this acceptance. Hello to this liberation. Hello to this confidence. Hmm. Hello to this conversation. Bye to the one-sided view of infinite energy. Hello to the balanced perspective of masculinity and femininity. Bye to the rigid understanding of natural sexuality. Hello to the spectrumed idea of universal fluidity. Bye to the denial of multiple connections and love. Hello to a community I never imagined being a part of. Bye to the ownership, possession, and caring. Hello to the shift of paradigm on the aspect of sharing. Bye to the discomfort of saying who I am. Mm -hmm. Hello to the empowerment of knowing where I stand. 
Bye to the need of having their approval. Hello to the connection in a community that's global. Bye. I'm bye. I'm also embracing polyamory. One day I will recall this bravery in my memory. By sexual means, I'm attracted to both woman and man. Polyamory means I will have one hell of a lifespan. Loving myself in its truest form. Loving others despite the pressure to be the norm. No longer is there a block from my spirit to this pen. Writing flows through me when I am open to who I am. <laughs> I've heard it every time I hear it I've heard it before obviously but it's like it's still good <laughs> thank you and with that this is called the bisexual anthem <laughs> price stand up and up and up I like girls I like guys I like and then it gets real vulgar so we're gonna stop that there <laughs> but um <laughs> Um, flows dope though. Yes, bisexual anthem by uh, Domo Will- Wilson. And then I check out the rest coming of out was Diana Ross, if you didn't know. But yeah, you um, know that one. Yeah. come on now. But uh, <laughs> and I wonder. And then it wasn't until I heard that song after uh, me accepting myself. I was like, is that what she meant? I don't know if that was. What I she don't meant. know. It was during that time when it was a lot of acceptance. I'm just saying. Might have been for the community, but not been personally for her. I don't know. So that goes into stage four of identity acceptance. In this stage, a person has begun to accept rather than just tolerate their sexual identity. People often begin forming friendships with other gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual people. Mm. Many begin to realize that being lesbian or bisexual is acceptable and that their life can and will be happy and fulfilling. At this stage, it is common to begin coming out to a few trusted individuals. So that's where, um, yeah, my community just started growing a little bit more as I was able to embrace who I am and accept who I am. Um, So now that I'm saying that I'm bisexual, now I'm hearing shit. (laughs) I'm hearing shit about bisexuality. I'm getting shit from the straight community. I'm getting shit from from the uh, queer community. And I'm like, the fuck? (laughs) So yeah, I heard about that like a little bit, but I never understood. Oh, it's not logical. Yeah, from the outside looking (laughs) in. It's not logical at all. It doesn't seem like, I don't don't get why would you do it. I, so, don't get, I just don't get it. People would say that it's a phase. People would say that it's mm. not a real thing. People would say that I'm really straight or I'm just on my way to become a lesbian um, and all this other shit. And I'm like, no, I've been attracted to men all of my life because I was attracted to men. I'm now owning and accepting that I am attracted to women. And that's like, yeah. I'm, 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 and bisexuality has a huge spectrum. You can be like 99% heterosexual, but there's that 1%, <laughs> you know, or 99% homosexual, but there's that 1%. I'm like 50-50. Like I'm very attracted to men and I'm very attracted to women. Once I allowed my attraction to happen, I'm picky with my women. But 
as far as the ones that I'm attracted to, but <laughs> I'm very much attracted to both. I'm down the middle. And then they would also say that um, it depends on who we're dating. Like, if I'm with a man, then I'm basically straight. No, I'm still bisexual. Oh, Never mind. I'm bisexual no matter who I'm in a relationship with. Exactly. (laughs) Like, it's still who I am. The person I'm dating does not determine who I am. That's so dope. Okay. So it's just so many things. And then within the queer community, um, they didn't like bisexual. um, Some of the lesbian women didn't like bisexual women because uh, bisexual women have gone back to men. Um, Um, So because they're hurt. Basically. And, um, but then, yeah, it's just, oh, you're coming to our side. It's just taking you a while to admit it and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is already a marginalized community. And then within black queer, this is again, already a marginalized community. Why the fuck are you still discriminating? I don't get it. It's like almost in every community. I don't, I don't understand. I'm not one of those. Like, just be who you are and love everybody. Shit. Hey, like, if you ain't hurt nobody. <laughs> exactly. I don't give a fuck what you do. <laughs> okay. All right. So now, oh, and I do want to talk about bisexual men, especially bisexual black men. Yeah. They also get a lot of they shit. They get a lot of shit, though. Like, women are more accepted because, ooh, and I just saw a post about this. Let me see if I can find it because, you know, I can't remember shit and I want to get the words right. <laughs> it's about bisexual guys? Um, just bisexuality. This is the one you were talking about earlier? About how they're... they're... Nah. Oh. I post a lot, so give no, me a sec. The it could, right it now. could either I be... It could be either on this Someone... page. Oh, nope. I think it's on Not my personal page. Um, just, just like look, I post pages. a lot. Why? Yeah, I got like five pages by myself. Okay. Found it. <laughs> I only took about five hours. Shut up. The reason <laughs> bi women are treated as basically straight, but you can have a threesome, and bi men are seen as secretly just gay, is because our society has trouble fathoming sexuality that doesn't ultimately cater to men as the only real option. I actually don't get it. Break it down. So, because bisexual women can have a threesome with a man and a woman, and a man would, you know, be stimulated by that. Gotcha. We are seen so as more. So everything has to be seen from the perspective benefit of, of a, a straight, straight man. Yeah. Okay. See, they didn't say the straight part. They would have said that. At the oh, end. that made sense. Would, gotcha. Yeah, I got it. Oh no. They said man. We got it. But um. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh. But yeah. So. Yeah, my bisexuality is only for the benefit of men. Uh, no, boo, it ain't all about you, cat. <laughs> this is about me. Yeah, every guy does have that fancy straight guy. I think of like two women. Cause women are fucking attractive. Right, I get it. We have more <laughs> physically, aesthetically pleasing bodies. You damn right, y'all. That's <laughs> that's why there's more fluidity amongst us. Cause yeah, I don't know how y'all attracted the guys. I think we're disgusting. <laughs> 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 That's a different story. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm straight. But, hey. But, I mean, and and it's interesting because there's a lot of bisexual women who are only attracted to femme women. And mm. I'm only attracted to femme women. Like, some 
like stem which is a mix between stud and feminine is okay but like for me i want my men masculine and my women feminine but there's bisexual women aren't all like that some women some bisexual women like like masculine presenting women or effeminate men like it's not a one catch-all i'm just that way um so yeah i do like if i'm dating a man i want him to be more masculine presented if i'm dating a woman i want her to be more feminine uh presenting so it definitely depends again spectrum okay Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh black bisexual men got a lot of shit and it wasn't until i had a client who was a black bisexual man dealing with black women rejecting him and saying that he's gay and worrying about that dynamic um, that I had to check my own shit because I had and the it, same. It's always seen as that from that perspective, right? Like mm-hmm. of uh, a straight woman mm-hmm. being betrayed mm-hmm. by a bisexual man who she just labels as gay, like on the download. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you ha- you? you had a great breakdown as far as yes. why that happened. So tell the audience about that. <laughs> okay. So the the way I look at it is. Society can't really see two men, uh, two masculine figures mm-hmm. interacting with each other in a role that they see as more feminine, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, basically your romantic relationships are seen as more feminine acts. Like when you're right. kissing, when you're caressing, yeah. you're dating, like that's that's more of a feminine act. And society says it's okay for men to do that with women, but right. when two masculine men are dating each it's other, like that automatic, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That are, that doesn't go. Right. They automatically <laughs> say, nah, we can't have that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest stigma. I think um men and women are taught that. You know? Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, I had to check my shit. That's why it's just so like <laughs> mm-hmm. repelling mm-hmm. When, when like when and it's just like a knee jerk reaction. Exactly. To it. So I think we had this conversation before I saw my client. Yeah, we did. Type we did. of thing. Um, or maybe it was because I was seeing my client or something. Yeah, um, one of those. I'm yeah. Sure. But, so the, we definitely you definitely have more insight now, and I think I do as well. For sure. Before um, after that comma. Um, but I broke it down to him to help him understand why society was like this. I mm-hmm. broke it down like this of hypermasculinity and black men and what happened with slavery and the emasculation of our men mm-hmm. and how much they jumped to the extreme. And it's like, well, now I have a chance to be masculine because I wasn't able to do shit when my daughter was being raped. I wasn't able to do shit when my son was being sold. I wasn't able to do shit when my wife was being raped and sold. Like I wasn't, that's, Literally, the protector wasn't able to protect us. And that happened for centuries. Mm-hmm. Okay? In so many ways, white supremacy emasculated black men. So now, white supremacy is like, all right, whatever. I'll listen. I'm going to lock some of y'all up, but otherwise, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the ones who are out of jail, because and there are more out than in. Yeah. Propaganda. Yeah. The ones who are out are like, okay, well, I really need to be masculine because I need to show them that I'm a man. No, you don't. Okay. It's not in that way. Exactly. <laughs> and again, go back to our episodes, uh, Hypermasculinity and Homophobia, part one and part two, to really understand that breakdown. 
Um, but I, I discussed with him about balancing yourself that every gender and mm. all genders has a spectrum of masculinity and femininity. Okay, so like sexuality has a spectrum with homosexuality on one end and heterosexuality on the other. And there's an infinite spectrum in between of possibilities. Right. There's also that within masculinity and femininity. Okay, within everybody. Everybody has it. Feminine is not woman and masculine is not man. So basically it's um, the way I look at it is mm-hmm. it's. Just like how you're born with certain temperaments. Yeah, you're like born, you have a leaning. Right, you, you know? have a leaning. It's the same thing. So you're born on a certain side of the spectrum mm-hmm. with everything. Yeah. So if you're, I'm, I'm more masculine, obviously, mm-hmm. just because I've, I'm, I've just leaned on that mm-hmm. part of the spectrum. But I'm also a very sensitive guy, mm-hmm. very uh, in tune with my emotions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's the, just, feminine the feminine aspects. energy aspect. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not like I'm all the way on, on mm-hmm. this side. To where, I, and nor should you be. Like no. I feel like, you, I'm sure you're gonna talk about it more. But the balancing piece yes. is, is what's key. And know? and and understanding that the balance. And I broke this down with a client the other day. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to be balanced within your divine masculine. Right. You have to be div- balanced within your divine feminine, and then you have to be balanced with each. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a lot both. of a lot of balancing, a lot of knowing within yourself, knowing what each one represents, and. And yeah, it is more of that. So the characteristics associated with masculine are, are more dominant, mm-hmm. assertive, strong, logical, whereas feminine are more nurturing, more healing, um, more intuitive, more emotional, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like there are positives to both. But again, look at the superiority of the society. They put man to be logic and mind to be superior than woman and feminine and body to be inferior. Right. So you're literally, everybody's growing up with the society, okay? So no matter what your gender expression is, no matter what your gender mm-hmm. identity, no matter what your sexual identity is, everybody has to become balanced. Right, everybody gotta check their shit, basically. Exactly, okay? And that's what you did when it came to- I did. Um, by men. Yes. So, yeah. So now I'm able to see a black bisexual man and see that duality of energy mm-hmm. within him and not view him through what society has taught me to view him as, as less than a man. Mm-hmm. No, he's still very much a man. Okay. Especially if he's masculine presenting, very much man. I would want him to be in touch with his feminine energy with me, right? That's happened with uh, a lot of women. Complain about. Women. Yeah, complain about. Is that he's not emotionally they, they're not in, in touch with the yeah. feminine side, like exactly. the feminine energy within him, which we, you obviously know he has because you're you're yearning for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that's a whole nother story. Again, check out hypermasculinity and right. homophobia. <laughs> okay, so now I kind of want to talk about the signs that were there right. that I don't I know how I missed. So, yeah, what were the signs like the? <laughs> Some of them I know they're obvious as hell now. Like Yeah, really? like how did I not know? <laughs> really? Like you ain't know you was at least something? I, I really didn't know. <laughs> well yeah, what were the like I guess like the the highlights of the signs that you so, remember? So okay, the first ever sign that you were bisexual. That I was interested in women. Okay, that you were interested in women. Or that it was just something. <laughs> something was going on. You yeah. weren't just completely straight. It wasn't even that. It had nothing to do with me. Okay, so my first sign yeah, just was, go, just go through the sign was <laughs> watching the color purple. Okay. 
So with Celie and Shug Avery, when they kissed, mm-hmm. mind you, I must have been watching that and I must have been like seven years old. I wasn't even, my dad didn't want me watching that scene particularly, but I think I like snuck back into the room to watch it because it was fascinating to me. Two feminine black women kissing and they both had sexual experiences with a black man. Now, Shug Avery liked men a little bit more than Celie did because Celie had a negative yeah, she had a negative experience with black men. But anyways, in my mind, I was seeing two black feminine women kissing and they had experiences with men. So that was like my first black femme bisexual women exposure. But I was seven. I didn't know what it meant. I had never seen women kiss before. Mm. So I was just like, just wow, that's very fascinating and interesting. I didn't know what to make of it. I was just like, just fascinated by it. I don't know if I was questioning things. I I don't remember like a, a thought process. All I remember is just wonderment. You know? Mm. Um. Now between like teenage years, there's definitely should have been some signs of what I was watching. Okay, so what, what were you watching at the time? I was watching a lot of gay shit. <laughs> okay. Huh, interesting. You know. And for, and first it was just a gay rights advocate. I'm trying to understand the perspective, trying to understand the experiences. Uh, how old are we talking though, Riley? Like uh, teenage, like high school. High school? Yeah. Right. So you're trying to like learn their perspective. Yeah, but one movie in particular is called But I'm a Cheerleader. And the premise of that movie is there's a girl who's a lesbian. But she thought because she dated the quarterback and she was a cheerleader that she couldn't be a lesbian. So her parents sent her to conversion therapy. Oh, hell no. Exactly. I want a client. Yeah. That shit is the mm-hmm. worst. It's so bad. Oh, no. So here I am in a Christian household mm. watching this movie. And I'm saying this is bullshit. The parents should love their children. The fuck is wrong with them? Like, I'm saying all of this. While watching the girl-on-girl action and getting stimulated. Now, yes, I watch lesbian porn. Yes, I would get more stimulated and aroused watching lesbian porn than hetero porn. And that, I feel like there's a lot of women out there that do that. I, I've heard it. Like, I've, my I've heard it too. And, then, and, and this was another thing. And it was interesting in But I'm a Cheerleader because she had like pictures of women in her locker. And she was like... Doesn't every woman think like this? And they were like, no, (laughs) no, not every woman does. And I think I had that too. I normalized because because curiosity and experimentation was so big in my teenage years and and in college, it was like I normalized my thoughts that Mm -hmm. this every straight woman has these thoughts. Every straight woman dances on other women. Right, right. You know? Like, I normalized it. I didn't, I was like, yeah, I'm straight. I just do that. Hmm. Is it? Or are we all in this fluid jungle together? Maybe. <laughs> I think it's different. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm thinking about, I mean, obviously it's different for me, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, if I think about, like, dancing with my friends, like, we would. No, I mean women dancing on That's each what I'm other. saying. Like, it would yeah. be different if a guy danced on me. Yeah. I've danced on several women while I identified as straight and but thought nothing again, of it. It's, it's a lot different socially with guys and everything else. Like again, that's, but that's what I'm saying. I think women are just, we are fluid. 
You know, yeah. it doesn't mean we're all the way 100%. I just think we're a lot more fluid and it's acceptable for us to be a lot more fluid. It's definitely, this is a combination of all those things. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, for guys, it's just not that way. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Society's not there yet. Well, we're getting there. I think episodes like this will. Yes. <laughs> um. So then, college, orange is the new black. Oh, that was a big one for a lot of women, I think. Oh, it still didn't hit me. <laughs> now, mind you, I was watching it, and yes, I can't. You in the I face can't like, remember the the main. You know the girl with the black hair. She Harper, was girlfriend. Uh, I can't remember her well, name. I don't remember her name either. Right? <laughs> I'm like she's the main character. How the fuck I not know what her name is? Um. Damn. Now I was attracted to her. I've seen her in other She was in stuff. Uh, what you call it? Uh, uh, that that seventy show. show. I was not no. But with the black hair, the tattoos, the glasses, something about that was doing it. Okay. Um. I forgot her name. Hold on. I think you found her. Did I? Nope. No. Uh. Laura Preppen is the actress's name, but Alex Voss was the the character's name. Alex, Orange is the new black. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely. Was watching that a lot and was attracted to her. Ooh, also Pretty Little Liars when I was in high school with um. Man, everybody used to watch that too. Uh, I have a lot of female. What friends. is her, <laughs> her name? Is her name was Emily in the show, I believe. Um, the actress's name is Shay Mitchell because Shay Mitchell is fine as hell to me. I can admit yeah, that she now. Is. I can admit that now, <laughs> but she was exploring her her sexuality in that show, and I was watching mm. that. And and again, signs were I was watching things repeatedly and not knowing why I was watching them. Like I was like, oh, I must like it, but I didn't know why I liked it. A lot of times it was because I was either attracted to the women in it or it was exposing me to something that was giving me permission within myself. But I couldn't connect Ooh, say it. Say it again. Say it again. That's that's deep. It was, and and this is why representation is so important. It's exposure giving you permission to be who you are. Hmm. Because again, I wasn't around black people or people of color being with the same sex and being feminine. If I was, it was like a masculine woman and a feminine woman. I'm, a, I'm more feminine presenting. Hmm. So I needed that representation to show me that it was possible and that I had permission to do it. Okay. Um, now, I will say, I don't know what the hell happened at Hampton University with all the fine, black, beautiful women that go there and how I didn't make that connection at Hampton. You caught up in a relationship. I was. I was very much caught up in two relationships with men. I was super focused on those. But my junior going into my senior year, I did have my friend, Ebony, um, and she's by, and she also gave me Cause she was looking at women and she gave me permission to talk about women and mm. like, damn, she fine type of way. Mm. Also my ex gave me permission to talk about women. And that was the first male, we weren't in a relationship at that time, but my male situationship where I was mm. able to talk about women being attractive with him. Mm. And I was like, it should always be like this. Like you should just be honest with the person. Like he looking, you looking too like, damn, she fine. Yeah, she is. Like, just having that <laughs> that friendship. And it's like, y'all yeah. together. Y'all okay. not going out there. It's just like, I'm looking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, ain't no jealousy. I'm looking too. You know? 
So they gave me permission to that, but I still didn't say that I was attracted to them. I would say they are attractive. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. So it was, it was, it was a lot of signs. But let me, like, did hmm. you feel like you were attracted no, to them? No. no. Okay. You didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. Okay. That's, that's, it was huh, buried. Okay. Damn, that's wild. It was very buried. Um, so after the hmm. queer day party, I think it was in August maybe, then I started dating a woman and that was a magical experience dating her. Um, definitely was processing a lot <laughs> about that experience. Go, 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 go. Um, yeah, I was growing a lot. It was, whew, it was exponential growth in a short amount of time. Um, so then Oakland Pride was coming up in September and hold on. All right, I got to speed it up because I got to go to the next verse. Somebody knew exactly what time he was like, oh. <laughs> um, So Oakland Pride was coming out and my big <laughs> thing was, do I tell my parents? So now it's confirmed. I've accepted myself and now I want to take pride in who I am. Right. And pride was coming up and I was like, do I tell my parents after? And the closer I was getting to Pride and the more I was planning things with my colleagues and stuff, I was like, I want to go to Pride free. Mm. I don't want to have this in me still. I want to be free and just able to be who I am and be proud. So the weekend before Pride, I told my parents. Now, mind you, I live across country from my parents. So I had to schedule a phone call. We don't ever schedule phone calls. So they already knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. They both bet on me being pregnant. Jeez. Same sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, gosh. Thanks, mom and dad. You know, jeez. <laughs> I'm not. Goodness. But anyways. um, So so I did tell my niece first. Um, I told my niece first. She was very accepting. But we've, like, gone to, again, we've gone to gay clubs before, um, we've Another gone time. to night bars. What? Another time. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we've, we've gone to stuff and like, we have people in the community, like it, we're very accepting. So I told her she was very supportive and accepting. So I told her when I was having this conversation so I could call her after, cause I knew with my mom, it may be a situation. So, um, I scheduled both of my parents on the same day. Now remember my parents are divorced now. So I had to tell them separately. Okay. Now I told, I planned to tell my dad first and I did. And that was fine. We had been having build up conversations about, uh, being who you are, finding happiness. We had conversation about the transgender community. We had conversation about sexuality, Mm. masculinity and femininity. So it was building up to this conversation, which I was really like, thank the universe for, because it was just like natural conversations. Oh, did you see this? Oh yeah. And just, just genuine conversation. Right. So he was accepting. He again, Thought I was gay because I was a gay rights advocate, so it, it wasn't a big surprise to him. He was he was cool. <laughs> so then I told, and then I told my dad how worried I was about telling my mom, and he was he didn't think it would be that big a deal. 
So afterwards, when I told him how she responded, he was like, really? I'm surprised. I'll be honest. I didn't think she was going to respond that bad. I did. I was the only one who was like, this is going to be bad. This is going to be a bad reaction. Like, it was from from the outside looking again. And it looked bad. And and see, I tried to prepare myself. I tried to look up videos and, and articles of people, mm, this is black yeah. women who in Christian households had come out to the parents and what the parents' reaction was. And everybody had fucking positive experiences. And I was like, <laughs> fuck y'all, man. I'm trying to find somebody with a negative experience so I got something to relate to and prepare for because I don't know how it's about to go down. Which, if I'm that person for you, yay. <laughs> because they were not helpful. And I was like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay? And... I honestly had to risk my relationship with my mother in order to come out with her, come out to her. I had to be willing to sacrifice my connection to her to be all of who I am. And I had to be ready to let that go. Cause, and I had been getting closer with my mom over the years and it, yeah, it was, it was a very hard experience. And I'm, I'm going to read you the letter that, um, I wrote cause I was, preparation I wrote everything that I wanted to say to her um so I could just read through it um while I talked to her and yeah I I knew it was gonna be a bad reaction because she was homophobic I knew for a fact she was homophobic since I was a a teenager if not less because she would make statements about um gay couples and I would challenge her every moment we were in San Diego in, I forgot what district. I think it's um, North Park. Um, and it's like uh, gay pride flags everywhere. There's gay couples walking. And there was a gay couple walking hand in hand in front of me and my parents. And my mom made a comment. And I would always check her. I would always challenge her shit. But it did not, it did not prepare me for when her daughter was in that community. And it didn't prepare her for that. So it was, it was, it was a lot. So I'm going to just read the letter that I wrote to her. All right, here we go. (sighs) Okay, let me get some water first. And if I cry, I cry. Feel your feelings. It was emotional experiencing this. If I cry, I cry too. Yes. (laughs) It might happen. Feel your feelings. Yeah, I don't know if you heard the whole conversation. Uh, no, uh, I, I caught the, the worst part probably yeah, at the end. Yeah. All right. So this is what I wrote prior to speaking. I wrote something for my dad too. It was similar. Um, um, do you want kind of like the stage to yourself? No, you're okay. Okay. So I checked in with her first just to, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> again, we had to hey. schedule the phone call cause I had to make sure like it wasn't interrupted, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I need for you to listen first, and then we can talk afterwards, if you would like, and I'll tell you when I'm done. So I've been learning a lot about myself this year. I've been unpacking a lot of shame and judgment around who I am and what I believe. I've been learning to accept myself and love myself, and that means seeking out what makes me happy. Because I have this one life to live, and I want my life to be filled with light, laughter, and love. 
did I say this really? <laughs> I've even been learning more about my vagina because we never really talked about it. And because of my lack of knowledge, I felt like something was wrong with me for certain things. I didn't take a mirror down there until to look at it until grad school. That's with Orange is the New Black when they had the characters take a mirror down there. That was the first time I did it to actually look what the fuck was going on down there. That's how much I didn't know. But anyways, I, I didn't say all that. That was an ad lib. But anyways. Um, so I've been learning more about vaginal health. I've learned about my breasts when I worked at Victoria's Secret. Again, didn't know a lot about that. I've been thinking about masculinity and femininity and that and those that fall on a spectrum. Both have benefits when studying the yin and yang principles of balance. Every individual, whether they are man or woman, have both masculine and feminine energies within them. Take women. We're feminine, but women CEOs are in touch with their masculinity in order to be dominant, a planner, and logical. Whereas femininity is more submissive, spontaneous, emotional. But there can be a balance of both. It's not black or white, either or. It You actually need both. Someone can be more masculine than feminine, or someone can be more feminine than masculine, and someone can fall somewhere, anywhere along the middle. Same applies to sexuality. Doesn't have to be either heterosexual or homosexual. Doesn't have to be black or white, either or, but a spectrum between the two. That way, that one can fluidly move through. So I'm learning a lot of different things. I'm learning a lot about myself. And I just wanted to let you know, mom, that I love you very much. You have been very supportive and loving towards me. And you don't know how much I appreciate you. You have been a great mom to me. So I know how to be a great mom to my kids. And mom, I really need you to hear this. Try to listen without judgment. Try to listen with love in your heart. This is something that I did not choose, but I felt I have always been. But because I knew of your views of homosexuality and religion, I did not feel safe enough to accept this within myself, let alone feel free to embrace. I wanted to let you know that I'm attracted to both men and women. At this point, my mom's crying. Yeah, this is where I remember her interrupting. Me identifying as bisexual may be confusing to you. You may not understand it, and that's okay. You can ask me questions, but I hope that you still love me. If you need some time to process, I understand. She was crying. I was crying. She was saying she felt like a failure. She was saying, what did she do wrong? And I was trying to normalize and I was trying to educate her. And I was like, you didn't do anything wrong. You did everything right. Me embracing who I am and accepting myself is what you did right. And... She, of course, said, I needed Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, but God is supposed to be love. And that's all that this is, is love for who I am. And she said that I needed to move back to Maryland. And yeah, it was just a hard conversation. It was such a hard conversation. And I don't remember all of it, to be honest. Because um, it wasn't a good feeling. And But at the end of the convo, um, she said she needed time. But she said she still loved me. And I really needed... And, and that's... I remember kept I kept saying that. I said, I hope that you still love me. I love you so much, and I hope that you still love me. So she did give me that, thankfully. 
she said she still loved me at the end of the convo. And, um, you know, you were there when I got off the phone. And uh, I had called Kiara, my niece, to tell her what happened. And I shot my dad a text about what happened. And um, they were all like, oh, my God, she reacted that way. <laughs> and I'm like, I knew that that was going to be bad. Yeah. You know? I, maybe I underestimated. Because I knew her comments throughout the years. Yeah. You know? I didn't know the, because I didn't have that revelation. And her family is very religious. Mm. And she also, you know, image and stuff, you know? So... And, you know, that it's going through her head. Even though I'm bisexual, I'm not lesbian. It, it was going through her head all of the things that she wouldn't get to experience. Like my wedding, my grand, or her grandkids and stuff like that, you know. I understand. And hmm. um, so I, again, reached out to Facebook groups. First, we definitely took a self-care day. Thank you for that. We took a long walk and I was able to, like, self-care it up. <laughs> I appreciate you for that. Um, it was necessary. Yes, yeah, very much so, and smoked. <laughs> but um, that too. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I uh reached out to Facebook groups and everybody, and I told them how she reacted, and everybody said to give her time. So I did. I didn't. Mind you, I, I've been calling my mom like once a week or once every other week. Mm. I didn't speak to her for a month. And because uh, I was going to wait till she called me. And I just kept texting her um, that I loved her, that I missed her. I texted her pictures of me because one thing she said was like California did this to me, basically. And I was like. I moved to California to be grounded in who I am because I knew that people would be similar to me out here. Right. And then she said something about journalism too. And I was like, you don't know me then. I love what I do as far as therapy, Mm. you know? So I, I started telling her more about myself in other aspects. And one day, a month later, she just sent me a text and was like, I, she was like, she's been talking to her boyfriend hmm. and she was like, you know, I support you in all of your future endeavors. And I was like, I will take that. <laughs> <laughs> but we have not talked about my sexuality since. And yeah. I, uh, that's probably not going to be a conversation until I get into a relationship with a woman and then I will let her know ahead of time. So she has time to process it before I actually bring someone home. Um, ah, sorry, I'm scrolling through. So yeah, then I went to Pride the week after and I felt completely free. It was like a weight had been lifted. There was, I got it all out. And, and, and honestly, um, I did come out to my nephew as well because his dad is very homophobic. So I knew he was getting raised with that mentality. So I came out to him and it was worrisome when I came out to him, but I didn't, it wasn't as bad as I knew my mom's was going to be. And he was okay with it. He was like, well, I love you. Just be happy. And I was like, <laughs> he's, he's 16. That's so, how it should be. Yeah. So, my so yeah. God. But, um, but my mom and dad were the only people 
um, and my niece and nephew were the only people that I really wanted to make sure that I actually told them and came out to just because of our relationships and the closeness that we have, but also the impact on me, sorry, mm-hmm. that I, that that dynamic would have on me and stuff. So those were the people that I made sure I came out to. Everybody else found out through Facebook because, yeah, I'm not interacting with you enough to to break it down for you. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> you don't get to have. Ooh, let me get all up in your business yeah. when you're not in my business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so what was your experience? And we may have to stop the video. Um, but what was your experience of watching me go through all of this for this year of me questioning, moving into my acceptance and then into my pride? Um, hold up. Let me break down pride. Stage five, identity pride. People who are in the stage feel a sense of pride of their sexual orientation and feel comfortable interacting in gay communities. They start coming out to others in their lives by making their sexual orientation publicly known. Mm-hmm. It's also common for people to feel angry and resentful because of the lack of legal and social rights that gay and lesbian people are not afforded to, uh, afforded by the majority culture. And some people may get involved in gay and lesbian activism. Others may feel the need to isolate. Y'all know I already went into the activism and the advocacy. So, hence this episode. I'm not at the last stage. Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll come back. But what was your experience (laughs) of watching me go through all of this? It seemed like you was growing a a mile a minute. It was crazy. That's what it felt like. (laughs) It was so crazy. It was like, I've never seen somebody uh, dive so head first into exploring themselves. Um, I don't know. It, it seemed like it wasn't so much a fear thing. It was more of an excitement thing for you. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I was just like the outside looking in. It was excitement and exploring this new aspect of myself, but the fear was sacrificing my family for it. But I, I saw that coming up, yeah. but like more so like throughout the process of you like mm-hmm. exploring you, mm-hmm. like not so more yeah. so much like you in relation to other people, mm-hmm. like just you. Mm-hmm. That part was fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just remember seeing that. I'm like, wow. She's like... And for me, seeing... I was there every, like, step of the transition because mm-hmm. we're, like, so close. Yeah, definitely so supportive. I so, don't know. I couldn't have done this without him. I literally... He was the first person I came out to. Well, and the questioning, like, yeah. You would have gotten there. No. I was 26. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was because I felt safe with you. I felt so supported and grounded in our connection mm-hmm. that I was like, I can explore this with you by my side and supporting me through it. Well, I am glad. Anytime. <laughs> Anything else you need to explore, I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Because, you know, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. We all have more parts of ourselves to explore. Exactly. But, yeah, um, the day party experience was mm-hmm. crazy crazy experience mm-hmm. to see you like just there I saw and felt the excitement that you had mm-hmm. even though like oh I was nervous as shit yeah. I don't approach anybody right so that, <laughs> she was in there just like oh my god but I told him before going in I was like eye contact and smiling that's the only right, thing I want to work on that was the goal we was just gonna go in there yeah. get the eye contact going smile mm-hmm be there, just be in a space. Yeah, be in a queer space, identifying as that. Right. That was my first time ever. 
and it, it seemed like it was a really good boost. But like I was going through my own stuff too, and mm-hmm. that was a good boost for me in my mm-hmm. own way. But mm-hmm. it's a totally different story. Don't tell that. <laughs> well, uh, basically, like when it comes to me and my ability to to be more confident in myself. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Each other>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> confident in my um uh my appearance, my looks, my uh, mm-hmm. overall just being able to be uh assertive mm-hmm. and approach people and be social mm-hmm. that all came um to a head like that same summer mm-hmm. so that was the challenge yeah you were growing that, a lot that year too right, so it was it, a lot of growth last growing, year yeah, it just in our own ways and mm-hmm. different like individual growth individual growth you know that's what that's what it's about mm-hmm. um every year you know we're gonna do the same thing exactly. this year <laughs> but um that was really my challenge over the summer like really getting out of my shell so i i would go up to um, women that I found attractive, like actually went up to the most attractive mm-hmm. woman I ever seen, mm-hmm. and went up to her and and, and uh, she just shot my shot. Did it work? I knew. <laughs> shot down. <laughs> but, but also, you okay. were dealing with rejection. I was as dealing well. with rejection yeah. like issues mm-hmm. and having that fear. So like getting back out in the game of, mm-hmm. of actually just talking and socializing with people and not bigging it up to be such a big thing. Because mm-hmm. I'm a therapist, I'm talk- I do it every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what did the Queer Day Party do for that confidence? Now, when it came <laughs> to the Queer Day Party, all them guys was looking at me like I was like red meat. And I was just like, <laughs> at first I was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But then I started to just like really think about it and think about how the roles are reversed and taking it all mm-hmm. in as a straight person, being in an environment where I'm not, like the majority, the majority yeah you know it's just really taking a step back and, mm-hmm. and being like that being humbled by that experience mm-hmm. and learning from it and also looking at it from the experience of a woman mm-hmm. because women always often get looked at mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, by guys in that way like mm-hmm. you know the damn look mm-hmm. that you like you get mm-hmm. and that you give fellas <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's like those were the looks that I was getting like that that same energy was being directed at me mm-hmm. so it's like how was I gonna take that and it was interesting uh, for me. I just said I had to own that shit and just like walking like, yeah, I have to be myself and myself is straight. And you could tell. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> you can really tell. You could. So like I didn't get approached. It's like they knew I was straight, mm-hmm. but they also knew I was confident in myself. They felt that mm-hmm. I was confident in myself, even in that environment. And they knew I was just being an ally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I, I was definitely much like talking to him and stuff. We weren't like separate. No, right beside me. Yeah, there we go. But I was also talking to other women there too. Mm-hmm. So that was also another confidence boost. Um, oh yeah, you were. Yeah. So what was that aspect with you talking to queer women? Um, it was just interesting because I didn't know where, they were, yeah. where, where they were. At. I was just like, you, you kind of cute. I got. Let me spark up a conversation. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they're bi. I don't know whether they're completely lesbian or mm. they're uh, experimenting mm-hmm. or they're trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. What stage of like yeah. all these stages that we just talked about? Like mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that stuff, so it was interesting. But because of the the piece of again, not me not being in the majority or being in the straight environment, mm-hmm. all of my it was like all my stereotypes about how interactions would go were dissolved. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like I was in a new space where it's just like I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about like, oh, what happens if I speak to you? Like, what, what what's your story? Like, mm-hmm. how? Like, just I was just curious to be in that space and interact and be a support a support system. Mm-hmm. So it was a totally different experience. It was it was great for me, humbling in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, gratifying and uplifting in a lot of ways too. Well, uh, I'm glad you had a positive experience. Yeah, 
Because there's no way in hell I would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. So I'm glad it was it was good for everybody. <laughs> right. Worked out for everybody. Um, so I wanted to end the show with saying that I have embraced my sexuality at full capacity. Mm. I've embraced all of who I am 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's had so many positive ripple effects in my life um, that has led to so much light and love within me. Um, and again, I've dated a woman. It's a magical experience. I'm definitely, yes, this is who I am. This is who I will be. And I'm grateful for the representation that gave me permission to explore who I am. I'm grateful for the queer community that I've had that have given me support that I needed during my questioning and coming out. And again, I want to remind you that I was born this way. It was not a choice. The only choice I had was embracing who I am and not letting society, family, friends define who I am and what possibilities my life has. I owned my choice in that and was willing to sacrifice everything for it. But I I was born this way even though I didn't know it. Even though, again, signs were there. Just, (laughs) I was buried in accepting that. And... I'm grateful for this growth. I'm grateful for this journey. I hope it inspires or you find comfort or you find inspiration or you give, it's giving you permission to come out. Um, And definitely coming out is not just telling people. Like there's a whole bunch of different ways of coming out. Like you could just bring somebody home. This is my person. This is who I am. Like Facebook, like you don't have to, hey, let's have a conversation. You don't have to do that or in person. There's so many different ways of coming out. So definitely do your research. Talk to different people in the queer community. Find your support system. Support system, whether you're queer, straight, cis, trans, whatever, is going to be crucial. Um, Because, again, if you have a negative reaction, you want to be make sure you have a support system that will uplift you in who you are. Um, So you don't sink further into that hole. Okay. Um, So I hope everyone has a beautiful Pride Month. And you embrace all of who you are. You get to know somebody who's not. Learn their experiences. Learn their perceptions. And just get on this evolution towards acceptance, love, freedom, truth, and happiness. Yeah. I think that's uh, that should be the goal for us all. No matter what side of the spectrum you're on. Yes. um, How balanced you are. Mm -hmm. Like, that should be your goal. And that's about it. All right. So thank you so much for listening to It's So Real with your girl, Rocky. And your boy, O. You have a beautiful Sunday. Take care of you. All right. Peace. And love. (laughs) We out.